0: Hello and welcome to another Microsoft Teams update. I'm Tom Wright from UC today and I'm delighted to be joined as always by Microsoft MVP, Tom Obrothnot. How's it going, Tom?
1: Yeah. Hey, Tom, it's good. Thanks. It's been uh, been a busy month, even for July and August. So uh, well, we've got plenty to talk about.
0: Yep, loads going on. I'm um, stepping in for Rob while he's off having a great time on holiday. And he's, um, he's given me a good month, actually, as you said, because this is always quite busy for Microsoft, isn't it? With end of year numbers, start of year objectives, and of course, Inspire thrown in. So. Lots to talk about. Where do you want to start us?
1: Yeah, so as you say, um, it's Microsoft's end of FY, so they run their their financial year from the middle of the year to the middle of the year. So they just had their Q4 end of FY 2022 earnings call, and it's always interesting. I always follow these because these are calls for investors, not for techies So they're much more guarded to what the numbers are, what the market's doing um and in that vein we got an interesting number which was the team's phone now has over 12 million psdn users and they said that that was roughly double what they had uh, last year so a massive growth trajectory on team's phone but interestingly previously we've heard this 80 million active team phone users number from microsoft so this is the first time they've distinguished between people using it for psdn what i would call real phone And people using it for calling or VoIP calls between themselves federated, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. So that figure is that, did you have a rough idea of what you might have been expecting that number to be when they came out? What's sort of been the general feeling when they come out with that number?
1: Yeah. So, so I mean, we know that the license number is a lot bigger. So, um, for example, Microsoft had the E five bundle, which is, uh, the, the kind of most of their licenses all in one bundle, including phone and they mentioned that 12% of their total seats are E5. So that equates to about 41 million uh, 41 million seats, give or take. Um, so some people could have thought that the phone system usage was higher. And obviously there's been so much activity around Microsoft team's phone because of the you know that's six million seats in a year doubling in a year um cavell had really good estimates of around that kind of number for the usage Mm. Um, so i think most people thought it was there or thereabouts um i think what's most interesting is the trajectory like doubling in a year and and i know from working with lots of large customers that they're on a journey with team's phone so they don't just cut over a hundred thousand users like that they do it site by site country by country pbx by pbx so I would expect that trajectory to continue
0: yeah i guess they're the, the the number in isolation i suppose doesn't mean a huge amount but the growth as you said the doubling and i guess when you compare that to the the license numbers the opportunity is as is as big as people did think before even a number was given
1: yeah definitely and i think microsoft on another um announcement said that, 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 that i think it was 2026 they're saying that cloud phone seats will this uh, will be bigger than on prem phone seats so we're we're still relatively at the beginning of this market even though all the cloud providers are doing really well in terms of growth there's still lots of opportunity out there to to get more seats activated and i think microsoft uh, are pushing really hard on their existing license base to get them to phone as well
0: yeah, and then looking a bit more generally at teams from the earnings microsoft does like to use sort of the fortune 500 as kind of a, a benchmark i suppose of his success um, and there's some interesting figures in there around teams rooms isn't
1: there yeah definitely i love that everybody uses the fortune 500 or the <laughs> fortune 100 and the funny thing is is those orgs are so big they have a little bit of everything right so it's like it's it's not necessarily uh the best benchmark in the world but i'm pretty impressive again uh, over 60% uh, of Fortune 500 are using Teams Rooms, um, so again, this might vary from their entire estate to some, um, but uh, again, considering where Teams Rooms is at, it's uh, again doubled year on year in terms of usage, so it shows that a lot of big orgs in, uh, as they move to hybrid are picking Teams Rooms as well.
0: Yeah, there really is a feeling in the earnest coin in general, isn't there, that they make a point of getting across the Teams is driving revenue for Microsoft actually across the whole of the, the software portfolio. It's sort of, you know, they get people in the door with Teams almost, and then it generates the revenue kind of elsewhere in the business as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's in it's in all the license levels. So Microsoft are trying to get people up the stack and just generally across the whole of Microsoft 365. It's the earnings per user they're trying to push up, so they're trying to get people to get the add-on phone license to get to e five to add the extra security features. so yeah, across the board, they want to push it up, and obviously phone is a is a massive market, and for a lot of customers, there's money to be saved there you know they're 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 spending on more traditional approaches to phone in-house pVXs, lots and lots of classic phone lines that there, there is money to be saved um, as the economy slows. You have to prove those projects have an ROI more than you used to. So that's why people aren't just going bang, or cut a hundred thousand users over because they have to consider the project costs as well. But it's the, the motion I'm seeing is definitely for that trajectory to continue. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm just sort of flicking through the rest of the results. Generally it's quite a consistent growth every time with Microsoft, isn't it? I think maybe with the exception of the hardware side of things, which has, you know, its own constraints. Was there anything else that kind of caught your eye in the earnings?
1: Yeah, a couple of num- other numbers came out. So um third-party app usage in Teams uh, increased by more than 40% year on year. So trying to push Teams as a platform is, is clearly landing. I think there's still a lot of work to do there. I mean, the most of usage I see of Teams is still meetings and UC. So getting that collab and line of business apps is definitely a forward-looking thing. And also I called out Power Platform uh, has nearly 25 million monthly active users, which isn't a big number relative to the Office 365 number, um, but it shows some heavy growth there and that's a very sticky workload. Once you get people using Power Apps for line of business stuff, it kind of integrates into the rest of the stack. So again, Microsoft pushing on that quite hard.
0: Okay, cool. So let's move on to or back to, I suppose, the week before was um, Microsoft Inspire announcements across kind of all of Microsoft's portfolio. I think it's fair to say nothing major in terms of teams launches but there were some interesting bits that i think you've picked out for us
1: yeah yeah so inspire is the partner conference and and i i put them in that order on the show because the finance earnings show what happened last fy and uh, inspire uh, inspire sorry um, yeah inspire not ignite uh, is the partner conference so this shows where microsoft want people to go where they think the market's going and where they think the partner opportunity is. So as you say, not we had four feature announcements, which we'll talk about, but it's not a big feature show. It's more like, uh, let's celebrate the partners that did really well last year yeah. and what they did, and let's look at what we want you partners to focus on, basically. Um, and Microsoft had four kind of key areas they wanted to focus on. So first one was Teams uh, phone, Basically, and that was all about pushing, as we said, the the number of E5 users who are already licensed to use Teams phone and also the add-on license to E3 for phone. And Microsoft even gave us the field metrics they're using, which is quite a lot of detail. So they're measuring their field on Teams phone revenue and numbers of enabled users. So very direct focus back to the, the results we saw in the FY on pushing that phone number up. Uh, number two, we saw Teams of Room is a big focus. So they really want to push on room. They, they gave a stat that 8% of 90 million conference rooms phones are currently enabled for voice, uh, sorry, for video. So there's a massive opportunity there to enable more rooms for video as well as displacing the existing traditional video room systems as well. Uh, number three, we had a uh, focus on frontline workers. This has been a theme for many years now. All the big tech companies are pushing for this market because it's a massive two billion seat count market that isn't generally very technology enabled. Um, so pushing on the, the native features in teams like shifts and tasks and approvals, but also low code, no code opportunities to enable those, you know, retail workers, frontline workers, that kind of thing. Um, and number four was establishing teams as a platform. So we talked about that 40% year on year growth of apps. Microsoft want to push that a lot harder. They want more line of business. They want all the, all the apps that you use in your business life to be kind of integrated and tied into teams. And they also want to see organizations pushing on power platform and bringing inline apps to teams, kind of business workflows. So, and on that one, Microsoft are measuring the field on active usage of apps in teams.
0: That was sort of a push. Um, the ISV sort of concept was a push across the the whole of the Microsoft sort of software. That wasn't it at the event. I think there was a couple of new programs as well, and they've done some some quite generous cuts to commissions. I think on the store recently. So it's definitely an area that they're pushing for, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it's something that they have that's pretty unique. I mean, uh, I mean you know, I'm a Teams person, but you could argue that the UC stack of these products is sort of interchangeable. You know, Zoom, Teams, Webex, they all have video. They all have a bit of AI optimization. They all have their own little smarts. But, you know, if you take a typical user who doesn't care, they're all video meetings, right? They're, they're, they're little bits. But when you step Teams away is as an app platform, as a collaboration platform, bringing in your line of business stuff, I don't see the other platforms doing that as much as as Teams does. Um, so clearly Microsoft want to land that, both in a help the user's productivity way, of course, like I think it is genuinely better for the users, but also in a, a stickiness way. If you're the platform for line of business and apps, it's much harder to displace you. And it's the obvious choice then for phone. It's the obvious choice for meetings.
0: Yeah. Another interesting one from Inspire was um, Viva Engage. Um, it's got quite a lot of headlines in sort of the mainstream tech news as being a uh, Facebook-like um, Sort of a, I sort of a social app that works in Teams, and I think in Outlook as well, and across Microsoft 365. Um, just be interested to get your thoughts on where that fits, kind of in with Yammer, and you know, there's a little bit of LinkedIn um, functionality in Teams now as well. So, how do you see that unfold? Yeah,
1: this is um, I mean, Viva's obviously super in fashion with Microsoft at the moment, and Viva Engage is really kind of a a shiny front end to Yammer in a way. So it's it's Yammer under the scenes, but but surfaced in Teams. And there are stories features and conversation features. So Yammer doesn't go away. Yammer is still a product And Microsoft really emphasized that multiple times. But this is kind of a new app or gateway into Yammer. Uh, I'm a huge believer in enterprise social. Like I think it's totally underrated, um, particularly in very large orgs. In smaller orgs, you can argue that Teams has similar functionality. You have a giant group chat or a channel and you can all share in there. Um, but Stories is something that will take us in a different direction for the M365 stack. And increasingly we see these consumer features coming into enterprise apps and Stories is another example of that. Um, on the LinkedIn side, LinkedIn is still going to be your public enterprise kind of social network if you like. So that's integrated into teams for things like looking people up, looking their job roll up, understanding more about them. Whereas Beaver Engage will be your inside your corporate uh, enterprise social app.
0: Okay, great. So um, let's look at uh, the contact center. And I guess this isn't strictly just teams. This is kind of across a few Microsoft portfolios, but they did launch the on Reveal the digital contact center platform, and I think they first started flirting with the term contact center towards the end of last year. But there's sort of been a bit of an update for this now. Do you want to talk us through how? Yeah, that definitely.
1: Happened? This is quite a big, a big announcement, and it got mentioned at both um, Inspire and at, on the earnings call as well. Um, it's only just announced, and it's Microsoft's digital contact center platform. And I think the, the first thing to understand about this is Microsoft clearly want to be in this space, they're pushing very hard, they have the Nuance acquisition, which is a massive uh, jewel in the crown as far as contact center space goes. And what the digital contact center platform is, it's not a single product or a SKU. You don't go and buy digital contact center for $150 a seat. It's more like an example architecture or a playbook. So it takes Dynamics 365, which is Microsoft's kind of CRM, XRM platform, Nuance is AI tech and voice recognition, voice biometrics, power platform for low code, no code automation and reporting. There's a Teams integration for talking between the contact center and the, and the rest of the business, so swarming and things like that. And finally, Azure and Azure communication server for infrastructure and PSD and connectivity, SMS and video. Uh, so it's a bit of a beast, like there's, there's loads in that stack. And then Microsoft are like, here's an example architecture of how you can use all of it end-to-end, or, and to be honest, the more likely situation in the market right now, here's how you can take some of these pieces and integrate them with your existing CC, or your UEFI, your 5.9, your Genesis, or whatever it may be. Um, so it, it's important to understand this is not a single product. It's more like a stack of tools that you can bring together. And if you have an existing context entry, you might just want to overlay nuance for some of the the voice recognition biometrics or you might want to overlay power platform for some automation and reporting.
0: It feels like they're doing quite a good job at being delicate and not looking like they're going after some of their good contact center partners
1: yeah they're walking a the tightrope because obviously a lot of dynamic shops use a another contact center because there hasn't been a microsoft native option up until recently um so they don't want to annoy those partners and similarly with uh, nuance like nuance are in so many other contact centers as, as a front end or as a voice ai um, element um so they've, they've got to do the whole co thing but Microsoft are very used to that you know in lots of spaces they play first party and have partners so it's just another one of those areas um, but if you're in the space make no mistake Microsoft are definitely after that space and they're they're, they're gunning for that you know it's a big market with lots of transition going on uh, lots of legacy on-prem contact center still around I mean that's the majority of the market still so that there's lots of chance for change there and Microsoft have the data, the the cloud platform, the dynamics and the teams, you know, voice and video experience to kind of make a big dent, I think.
0: Yeah, so if you're a business with an on-prem um, contact center, you're looking to make the move now, does this kind of, what, does this announcement kind of get you thinking? Is it something you could... You could really go for as your, your primary option if you put those pieces yeah definitely
1: together. it's definitely viable to put it all together i'd say it's at the higher end of the market because it's really a a, a toolbox and you will need a partner or partners to bring the worlds together um so if you're if you're due for a refresh absolutely this is worth a look and one of the nice things is because it is a kind of platform architecture you can pick and choose the pieces of the puzzle you want um so yeah i would give it a look um but if you're looking for a a one-shot, easy-to-financially-understand, you know, $100-a-seat contact center, this isn't it, this is, I want to revolutionize my CX experience and and have AI and ML and video and bots and be, you know, like actually kind of change the way we work, then that's where Microsoft are really, really strong.
0: So let's um change tact a little bit and go on to a couple of bits of hardware news. Um, the first one around Spectralink, and I think i might right in saying this kind of links in with the frontline workers piece we were talking about a few minutes ago yeah, as well. The, yeah, so yeah it does actually. So um,
1: this is another kind of um, gap plugging as we move from traditional PBX to cloud and, and Teams phone. Uh, up until now, if, if we wanted DECT to work, and DECT is digital enhanced cordless telecommunications, um, but in English, DECT is wireless phones that, go really long range and are really reliable, so it's a special technology just for wireless voice essentially, uh, used really commonly in like manufacturing, warehouse, retail, so when you're walking around a shop and you see people with you know phones clipped on their belts, that's going to be a Dex phone, um, and up until now, if you wanted that to work with Teams, you had to have a gateway and you had to set it up yourself and manually up. Now Spectralink are the first and, and others are coming. Um, you can natively connect these DEX systems to Teams uh, directly. Uh, And it's a really big gap filler for companies that have moved to Cloud cloud PBX or Teams phone, but still have a traditional PBX hanging around to do the the interop with the DEX system. So a a big unblocker for certain customers. And and it's been received with uh, massive kind of interest so that the LinkedIn post and the blog really, really blew up. So clearly there's a lot of interest in setting decked up with Teams phone.
0: It feels like this is one where kind of the real, the use, the benefits of the business is kind of more than the, the coverage it's maybe got. I think we did a quick story on it, maybe nothing major, but it feels like the, the use is, um, it, is really, really clear. Yeah, it's funny because it's not a it. super
1: sexy technology. Like it's been around for a long while. It's, it's mainly voice based or there are some smarts in the phones, but it's not like, you know, it's not metaverse. It's not VR. But actually if you look at the use cases out there there's lots of them and uh yeah people clearly are interested
0: yeah cool okay um next one coming is not one that i knew about actually it's uh, about apple and one that i understand mac users are quite excited about yeah yeah
1: so mac users have kind of been waiting on this for a long while so this is the native apple silicon teams client release so it's due in september it came out on the roadmap officially uh, we know there's been some uh, betas and previews knocking around nothing official um, uh, but just to help people understand this you can run teams on a mac today but it runs through a, a kind of a, a transformational virtualization layer um, with with Apple to make it work on their M1, M2 chips. So this will be natively compiled to work on their M1, M2 chips. It'll be a lot more fast, a lot more performance. Um, And obviously Mac people using Teams want that performance, particularly with the new chips there. So for the people that are interested in this, they're very, very interested and hopefully that September date holds and we get a, a completely native Teams client for Mac.
0: Great. Okay. Um, well, I think we've done a a good sweep of the Microsoft news there. Let's stop and talk about what you're doing. I think You launched Empowering Cloud probably a bit over a month ago. Talk us through what you're doing. What's kind of yeah, on yeah. The so we launched
1: a Commsverse. So we've been uh, running for about a month now. And the whole idea with Empowering Cloud is a a free to access library of Teams kind of training resources and advices. So mainly aimed at Teams IT pros uh good reception i was really pleased we've had over 650 people sign up now uh, and we've just dropped some new new briefings so the idea is to not just have me do the content but also have other field experts because i mean it's a massive space and what we really want to bring is the the best experts in to do these briefings so this month we've got graham walsh uh, who's doing a briefing on how teams android updates work which is a really big question for the audience Uh, And also uh, Kevin Keeler, I'm sure this audience will know, uh, doing Teams analytics. And he started with the user accessible ones and he's gonna add the admin ones. So yeah, if people are interested in kind of sub 15 minute briefings on the the, the key details of Teams from an IT perspective, it's empowering.cloud. You can just sign in with your LinkedIn account or sign in with an email. Uh, And I'd love to hear feedback and ideas for briefings because we're planning on really building out a comprehensive library around Teams
0: yeah and the site looks amazing so congratulations of that and you know you definitely hit the ground running with some of your speakers yeah i'm lucky
1: to have uh, a lot of uh, good friends in the space right who are helping out and there's a whole bunch of microsoft people lined up to do content as well and a lot of the coe people so thanks everybody for the support and uh, yeah i think we can do something really really special to get the right knowledge out there
0: yeah fantastic um we'll finish with a, a quick look at events it's you know looking a little bit quiet for maybe the next six weeks or couple of months but October already shaping up to look
1: packed, yeah yeah we've got uh, generally July and August are, t- are typically quiet We've got um, Comsby next in the middle of August which I'm really looking forward to uh, so that's 16th and 17th of August so as this pod drops just a, just a couple of weeks away. Uh, I'm excited I'll be doing the keynote there and that's just a classic like team's Microsoft UC focused event that everybody you know kind of who's on the inside of industry in the US tends to go to so that should be good fun. Um, then October has just got manic all of a sudden. So we've got UC Expo, which is the the big show in London, kind of Europe, European Expo, 12th and 13th of October. They're going to have a whole Microsoft UC focus stage there. And we're doing a big uh, meetup on the end of day one. So uh, if you're in the team space, um, try and come on the 12th and hang around because we're going to do end of day kind of AMA type session. And then we have some... Uh, drinks and pizza and things and do a big catch up at the end of day one so that should be fun I'm sure you guys will be be cool. at that one as well yeah, and
0: then um, yeah we'll be there we'll be there um on mass hopefully um and the next one yeah ignite i think people have been waiting for this date for a little while and it um it does clash with uc expo but it's it's in a hybrid format this time, isn't it? Which I think is the first time Microsoft's done this, at least for one of its, yeah. its bigger events. Yeah, shame it years.
1: clashes with uh, UC Expo. It's 12th to the 14th. But um to be honest, you say it is hybrid, so it's online and limited in person. So I think they're doing about 4,000 people in Seattle, whereas normally this was a a 12,000, 15,000 at its peak kind of people show. So a much bigger show. Uh, so yeah, uh, a toe in the water, I think, of doing hybrid events for Microsoft. Um, I would definitely be trying to get over to Seattle, but um, I'm going to have to uh, commit to UC Expo because I always, that's kind of the home show and it's always, always a good fun. So, um, but yeah, yeah, there'll be lots online 12th to the 14th. It's free to register for all the online content. So, definitely worth a look.
0: Yeah, you've got to support the yeah, home show. Exactly. Um, and then there's another one actually just around that time. Yeah, South yeah, Coast it's going to be Summit. a busy
1: week. So, South Coast Summit is the 14th and 15th of October. The 14th is kind of a pre-day and the 15th is the big day. Uh, So this is a full Microsoft stack show. So not just UC, but a bit of everything, Uh, but always a a good show. And they've had some really big turnouts. I'm always impressed, like for a a Saturday show, it's like the the hardcore uh, people who are willing to give up their weekends to learn about this technology. Uh, It's really good. But also there's a bunch of people that, for whatever reason, can't shake a workday off. So Saturday works really, really well for them.
0: Yeah. Okay, great. Well, Tom, I think that's just about everything. Thanks for, for having me this month. Um, and I hope yeah, yeah. A thanks orders. a lot, Tom.
1: Yeah, it's always good to have you uh, have you stand in. And I think that was a, a one-take show, so you've laid the gauntlet down for Rob there. And uh, if anybody's got any comments or feedback, do drop them in the comments, find us on social. Uh, but otherwise, we'll see you next month.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot, Tom. And thank you, everyone, for watching. If you enjoyed this video, give us a quick like and a share on social media, and we'll be back next month with another Teams update.